Hello and welcome to Preparatory Screenings, episode 39. I'm your host, M, and with me are my regular co-hosts, Jackson. Hello, 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 hello. And Destiny. Hey, hey, hey. We're talking about movies. Yeah, none of us have yeah. watched it. Well, you might have. I haven't. Uh, I have not. I have not. I have yeah, not. there we go. Light week. Welcome to the first ever 10-minute episode of Repertory Screenings. I, uh, in the intervening three weeks since we uh, last recorded, I got a TV, a big, nice uh, 4K HDR television, and that means I've watched a bunch of clips of HDR movie, or like 4K movies on U- YouTube through the app, um, but I haven't actually watched a movie. <laughs> HDR 10-bit. <laughs> Uh, you want to you want to watch the Matrix at 4K? You can watch clips of that on YouTube. It looks great. Looks fucking great. Did, Opening Blade you, Runner looks incredible. You don't want to watch all of the Matrix though. I mean, that's not on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. The, yeah. the Matrix in its entirety is not on YouTube. You want to watch? You want to watch Cal L versus the Justice League? I did. I did that last night. <laughs> Wait, remember that bit? Remember that bit in Justice League, League when yeah. shirtless fucking Superman fights the Justice League, and his—that's the word. His lip is the most CG'd away his mustache, right? Because it's clearly meant to be like black suit Superman. Yeah, yeah. God, it was fucking Snyder, bad. That part. Snyder cut bad. coming soon. It's now one four-hour movie. Thank God. I'm ready. I'm ready. I mean, I'm probably gonna watch it in over two sittings. I'm not watching four hours of that. But. You better put a fucking intermission in that. Yeah. Give me a break, but I'm I'm ready. Four um, three IMAX black and white Justice League. Yeah, I've simply been gaming. I did watch I did watch a, a clip from the Joker on YouTube last night. <laughs> Go on, what clip? Uh, the one where he's in the subway and he kills those three guys or whatever. That movie looks foul. It's just gross. It does. What look a gross looking film. People it's, love it. It's completely misunderstood what makes seventies movies look gross in that way. Yeah, it's like it's like the Arkham Asylum version version of the seventies. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. There, there. At some point, you know, I think we're already there that you can have an entire like cultural palette of references uh, from with which to communicate to others that are completely derived from Batman. There's there's nothing outside of Batman. <laughs> Batman really. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the that's my new critical lens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the first Batmanian critic. <laughs> It's actually uh, my my um oh, my professors. This is the same guy that uh dressed up as David Bowie for almost a year, but not quite because David Bowie died, and then it looked a bit gauche. Only then though, was it gauche before? <laughs> then he just put on zombie makeup. <laughs> yep. Uh, but that was his research project was living as David Bowie for a year. Anyway, his some bunch of his first books were about Batman. He wouldn't shut up about Batman. He loved Batman. It's really hard to take a- academia seriously when someone's dressing up as David Bowie for a reason. Let me project. tell you, when they come into my class and they're trying to teach me about, like, here's some film theory shit you got to know. By the way, I'm Diamond Dogs era David Bowie right now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> did he ever write his David Bowie book? Yes, no, he he did write it afterwards. I mean, he had a contract. Who <laughs> was going to not write the book? <laughs> I just didn't know. I remember reading an article about him. When David Bowie died, and I was like, "How's that professor of Jackson's doing?" And I looked up articles about him, and I was like, "I wonder if that book's ever going to come out." But uh, it's been a, a few years now. Excuse yeah. you, I am the world's preeminent professor of Jackson's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's his? None of these. All these articles are like from 
uh, from the before. He's, he got they got this covered in Rolling Stone in 2015 to fully immerse and method act each of the rock stars' different eras. I know he said that like he'd be drinking a lot of Red Bull during the like intense drugs era or something. Uh, so he wouldn't actually do cocaine. No, not actually doing cocaine. But was I feel like that's selling yourself short for the research project. <laughs> So getting my university to sign off on, uh, you know, <laughs> on doing cocaine for my David Bowie projects. <laughs> anyway, that was my my time at university. Yeah, movies. Movies. We Where watched we one. We watched one. We watched we one. Watched exactly one that we're here to cover today. And me and Destiny watched it over a week ago, so it might as well not have happened. And I watched it yesterday, and I have very little to say about it, so... Whew, We've you know, seen it multiple... Oh, sorry. I'm just, just making noises, uh, in, intimating that I am warming up. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna go. We're, we're gonna talk about Putney Swope. Uh, this is written and directed by Robert Downey Sr. It stars Arnold Johnson. Uh, it came out in 1969. Um... It's about an advertising board or their executive dies, and then everyone's got to vote for someone, but they're not allowed to vote for themselves, so they all decide uh, to vote for the black guy because no one's going to vote for him, and that's Putney Swope. And so he's the new chairman and uh, rebrands the uh, move the, the advertising place as Truth and Soul Inc., uh, fires all but like three of the white people and brings in uh, you know all black uh, people to work for them, and... I uh, try what what he actually does I feel like is some matter of question here but uh he starts running it in like we're going to we're going to just take people's money and we're going to sell like the coolness of black people making your advertisements and you don't get any input on it and then we're not going to cover alcohol tobacco and guns uh those are forbidden which is what causes the president of the United States to take umbrage because that would destabilize America to not advertise alcohol tobacco and guns and so the president swears to either corrupt Putney Swope into taking the bait or destroy him. And the rest of this is a broad parody of Hollywood and advertising culture as uh, Putney Swope immediately gets rich and acts shitty and steals everyone's ideas. And everyone else uh, gets rich and acts shitty and uh, tries to defeat the man, but only in like a backstabbing, ladder climbing sort of way often. Um, and then there's a bunch of commercials that happen in, in between that are in color. The rest of the movie's in black and white. Yeah. Uh, That's the movie, the movie. The movie is mostly like a series of skits. Any summary yes. of it is more like coherent than the film. Like it is not a plot film. <laughs> no. Uh, like it, it, it does, that is what happens, but it, to describe it as a movie about like the corrupting influence of becoming the man, uh, is not, it's not, it's not really what it's about because part, you know, left out a lot of just the tone of what the movie is. I mean, it is about that. that that's actually what the movie's about. Yes, no, it is about that, but I'm saying that like the president of the United States is also like played by, you know, um, I, I, a little person who is that the right time? I literally don't know. I feel like I'm rude. I think so. I think I so. Think so. Okay. Good. I'm fine. You know, I haven't haven't checked lately. I guess, but uh, the movie is being uh, not this sensitive uh, in that in that side of things, at least. And you know, he talks in a funny voice, and then like it's it's very very broad in its, its comedy. Um, I know. Mm-hmm. I I do know that's what the movie's about, but like it is more to me about the moment to moment like skits of it than as like 
a serious um takedown of like if this movie was made seriously right it becomes a kind of like movie that's about the impossibility of you know taking over traditionally white power structures right like in mm-hmm. a way that sucks and i think by being a border comedy it is better at that yeah is the point i was trying to get to that's fair All right. Well, that was Reftar screenings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Destiny, you've probably seen this more than any of us. Do you want to talk a bit about uh, Putney Swope? Putney Swope is sort of um, it has a reputation as being like a film that epitomizes the radicalness of the '60s, but I don't know if that's actually true. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like about it is that it sort of shows, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, like, I like the satirical bits of it, but I don't think it, like, epitomizes the decade as much as it epitomizes, like, sort of the corporate culture of advertising and what that represents and, like, appearances. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this movie, uh, there, a lot of criticisms of this movie, just when I did, like, a regular sort of Google search, and, like, do we want to talk about that, or do we want to talk about scenes from the movie? Um, I don't, we can do either first, I, you know, like I said, this is a, okay, so, my episode. the first like big criticism I saw was okay so Arnold Johnson's lines are dubbed by Robert Downey Sr. because he couldn't remember his lines Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people see this movie as like an extended blackface skit Mm -hmm. but as a black person I just don't agree and I speak for all black people (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely like a thing you could never get away with now for sure uh, that's true of a lot of this movie. As um, opposed existing... to his son, who went and did actual blackface in a movie <laughs> yes! two years later. Good um, point. I, I've Tropic never Thunder. seen that movie. I love I it. I really liked it as a 14-year-old. <laughs> like, so... I think it's... Go on, sorry. I didn't have anything more. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I liked it. The blackface was a commentary on blackface. Yeah, so we still shouldn't have done it, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, he shouldn't have done it, but I get why it's there, and it didn't bother me when I actually saw the movie. Uh, but, like, you know, I, I don't actually speak for all black people, so if it bothered people, I completely understand the, the, that. Yeah, there's just there's just stuff in that movie that whew, has not aged well. There's um, a lot of, yeah, yucky stuff. And, and going back to Putney's folk, I think... Like, his whole thing is just to lambast as much as possible. Uh, I really like the way he portrays the government as, like, completely incompetent and just, I don't know, like, Putney could become the government. (laughs) And it almost happens. Like, he starts dressing like Fidel Castro. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the thing with, like, especially stuff from what I've seen in the 60s is, like, when you get this far back, a lot of the comedy is about just like throwing hands in every direction. Um, yes. 
in a way like you know a lot of progressive like leftist comedy spaces at this point are about like making sure that you're punching up and not punching down and that is just not the framework by which like you know 50 years ago comedy is going to operate right um, which i think is like fine in its own context the thing i like about punty soap and the thing that feels like when you say it is like oh you know it's um you know it's about the 60s is the the thing i was surprised by is how much it feels like it is about corporate culture now it is a movie that is really sharp about the way capital will take identity politics and try to repackage what they're selling you uh yes. in any like any form that at like as long as they don't have to actually look at the mechanics by which they are selling you things and taking your money right like putty soap is in charge of the advertising thing and he hires everyone but it's not like he does that in a way to like bring people up in like a broader community sense or he's not giving back uh and he's just replicating the structure he was in he's just the boss now mm -hmm. and and any company that tries to like you know broaden their demographic you know we're going after the black audience or the the queer audience or whatever you want falls into these traps every single time right like they they put a new face on what they're selling you but they don't change the way they're selling it uh fundamentally because if they did the cia would come and kill them <laughs> <laughs> yes like i mean that i think that's some of the best stuff in the movie especially like that first scene and like so the movie begins with this absolutely amazing guy who stands up and just like gives a monologue about how like uh you know when we sell beer we're not selling a drink we're selling an idea of uh you know what it means to be a strong man and this is why it sells so much at baseball games and then just walks out and collects twenty eight thousand dollars <laughs> yes. i'm like yeah that's yep no mm -hmm. that's um, what's that bit, guy that that you remember that tech profit guy no um shingy <laughs> what what Okay, Shingi was a guy at A. He was at AOL originally, but then he would get hired to be like he worked at Verizon. Um, he was on MSNBC. Um, let me find a picture of this guy. He's, he's an Australian guy, and his whole thing was like he was he was he was in tune with what people on, on the internet wanted out of culture. Um, uh, and it, it you can't even make this shit up. Uh, here you go. I, this is I'm looking at this stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and I can't believe it that he was keeping this up until last year. It was like 2019 at Verizon. In 2019, he was hired as a digital prophet by Verizon Media, a position yep, he has yeah. since left. Nothing's changed yes, till no. the end of time. Uh, yeah, this uh, that uh, new trend will be defriending and unfollowing Twitter uh, image goes around Twitter every once in a while. Um. <laughs> <laughs> God, and that's it. his whole thing is to be paid a lot of money to show up and be weird and say profoundly stupid things profoundly. <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah. Like, so the, the, my initial reaction, um, and this was like to the first scene before the uh, like bulk of the movie takes place. Uh, but mm -hmm. that first scene specifically was like, they this should have been shown before every single episode of Mad Men because you just can't <laughs> like you just can't like the entire like even the parts where Mad Men is like um you know critiquing the whatever uh is like there's not there's nothing this but this balloon has been popped <laughs> the entire like this is what they were making about these advertisers in the sixties <laughs> and uh, yeah. Mad Men's like there's like a profound truth to America in this flawed uh you know 
in in this this flawed advertising system but it represents who we are and i'm, I'm like <laughs> having that in my mind while i'm watching this I'm like no it's it's this it's it's it's, it's shingy all the way down <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah for sure and for me like the the like raucous energy of it all uh still just is about like the, you know you said it was like mostly skits and that's true but i feel like they all point to the myriad ways in which just power replicates itself yes um there's a there's a bit like where uh putney comes into the room and like assumes everyone wants something of him and there's the one guy who like just doesn't want his money he's like look i don't need your money i got money and he literally doesn't know what to do with that guy because that's the only framework by which he knows how to operate at that point <laughs> that seems amazing <laughs> We need guns. <laughs> but yeah, at that point they're like they're like trying to bid for like to like get him to fund different ideas of black revolution. We do not support these radicals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the, the two different um like uh there's multiple people here and there's like you know the people advocate for like we need guns riots in the streets which is you know there's the military war let's fucking go let's get these cops and then they keep making the arguments and then no matter what they say there's that one guy who just always says we do not support these radicals <laughs> 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 uh, uh, hey how how things don't change no i love the use of repetition for a lot of the humor in this movie there's so many things that just get repeated over and over and over Mm -hmm. the uh the the guy who makes the deliveries on the freight elevator they or they keep telling him to use the freight elevator <laughs> to the, freight until elevator he like snaps and like pulls a gun on them um is uh really good because uh the way in which that character like is bullied into like pulling a gun at, through the like course of the movie where like you know this is this, you know it's meant to be like all the, the service people use the help elevator right and uh this white guy snaps in like the 90 minutes of this movie uh is is good but then he can't even fucking manage to shoot anybody <laughs> but then nope. the, the one guy who's been like uh putney's like number one bodyguard body the whole yes. time uh can't even <laughs> he spends like a whole two minutes slowly checking every pocket for his gun which he doesn't have because yeah, he's been the guy who anytime someone like comes up to talk to putney he makes a big show of like i've got a gun i'm gonna pull it on you i'm a tough guy and then the one time someone actually brings a gun he can't find his gun <laughs> He even looks in Putney's jacket for his yeah, vest. He like undoes his fly and then slowly closes his fly. <laughs> and then he's fly and has to go work for the president. And the next guy has a like string tied around his gun. Um, yes. But then the, the president like dumps him immediately, which is really good. Well, he doesn't even dump him. He just drives off and leaves yes, him there. Leaves him there. Yep. And then there's that photographer that like keeps showing up and getting like almost tired. Yep, all he's got is his CV. <laughs> <laughs> Did this for my portfolio. Yep. Did this for Hertz? Did this for... And then when he meets the president, he's got, like, different presidential photography. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, um... Robert Downey Sr. called it, like, a Marx Brothers movie. That's what he's trying to make. I feel like that's, like, that the most makes sense. Of it. Yes, yeah. that's the energy okay. he brings. There's lots of Harpo Marx energy in this. God, this, yes, this really is just a market movie. God, yes, okay. Clicks into place. Yeah. Um, the thing's really funny is you hadn't watched the movie yet, Jackson, but yeah, last week we were talking about Boogie Nights, and uh, that is a movie I grew up on, and uh, just 
Boogie Nights straight up lifts one of its most iconic scenes from this movie. It's really funny. Yes. Yeah. I always forget. And then when I'm watching Cut and Eastwood, I'm like, oh, yeah, every single time. Because <laughs> that's my favorite scene in Boogie Nights. And it's... Yes, because Boogie Nights takes that guy throwing firecrackers, just turns into like the most tense thing in the world. And it's just like a weird aside here. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's almost a racist joke. It's definitely a racist joke. It's definitely joke. a racist joke. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, yeah, yeah, it's racist. Uh, whenever the, like, Asian characters in the movie come in, it is just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cringe city. Because uh, I don't think it's, like, saying much of that. It's just aware of the, like, fact that, like, there's a different business culture in Asia. But it seems to conflate China and Japan into one thing. Yeah. It commits it's, that crime. It's, it's weird, right? Because I, I don't think the movie articulates that very well but i think no that, like you through it you get a very good sense of like the completely illogical anxieties that american business people like have towards asia especially in this time like yes. um all, all this stuff uh is just in the culture uh, yeah, and like they have a, they have a lot of new money. You don't understand what like the business culture there wants, so you're not sure what to do for them. And all of the rules of conduct are different, so it's like, what do we even do? What was yeah. his average? The uh, Chinese American he was doing was he the um, air conditioner? God, I don't remember. Jackson, you watched this yesterday. <laughs> I think it would. I th- he he says. I don't know if it's... I, I don't remember, but I know it was that terrible, like, Bible advert. <laughs> the, the guy... Because this is what the what that one guy gets fired over. He's like, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I, I just thought maybe that was the one where the woman's dancing and then she's like, you can't eat an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> the advertisements themselves that they cut to are really good. They're, They're the best part of the movie. The one bit where the, it cuts to the, like, uh, the the... Uh, pimple song, and he mm-hmm. has called it Face Off after firing the guy for coming up with the stupid name Face Off. The uh, thing I like about the Putty constantly is taking people's ideas and like saying they're terrible and then using them later with his own name on it uh, to the point where he gets called out at the end of the movie. Just no one has the ability to do anything about it at that point. Yep. Well, he asks them to come up with their own ideas, but then he rejects all of their ideas. But then he takes literally every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But I mean, that's like you know peak fucking corporate thing, right? Of like, we yep. are welcome to everything. Please, I express yourself. And then the second you do anything, you're fired. But also, everything you contribute is like folded back in. Like mm-hmm. that stuff is mm-hmm. uh, that stuff's on point. He uh, marries one... a woman. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say he marries a woman just to steal her idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, she won't tell him her Borman 6 campaign until she uh, gets a ring on her finger. And then he marries her. Like, it cuts to the marriage, the, the wedding immediately. And then he's like, okay, tell me this Borman 6 idea. God. Um, the, uh, the other thing I think the movie's, like, really weird about, and I don't know, like, what the culture was, in like, focused on in this era, is one of Putney's, like, you know, right-hand men or whatever seems to be, like, a Nation of Islam convert, but only in that he, like, becomes a cartoon Arabic character. It's really confused and weird. Yeah, that's And stuff he's is just like... called, or, it's Antonio Vargas, and he's just known as the Arab. Yeah. 
Yes. Because that's, that's how I read it too. and was like, man, I'm not like, you know, I'm a British person born in 1903 in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no context for that character and yeah. what they're trying to do. Like, I don't even know if it's supposed to be like a send up of black Islam or what. Yeah, it's just super weird because it doesn't match any of like the modern signposts for that kind of character, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what yeah. even is what even is this about? <laughs> But he ends up being kind of like the like main foil for Putty Swope in a way that's like weird and kind of unexplored because the movie's just a you know a mess like that. Until the end when he burns all the yes. money. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's I, never... oh. I, I think that Antonio Fagas does a great job with that. Like he's very funny. Mm. Um Yeah, he's great. Uh the part where he burns the money and walks away is like super weird because it feels uh antithetical to what the character is the rest of the movie like it's very much like uh the protagonist that has the gotcha where like you know everyone failed him so he's gonna light all their money uh, on fire and walk away um but that's not who he is i mean it's fine it's not like a plot driven movie that way it's just interesting how little it connects to what has happened before uh yeah i mean the ending is weird like i I really like the image at the end and the fact that Mm -hmm. like it's a cool cool scene but it definitely doesn't like because the movie is uh, like its strength is its incoherence on some level like the way mm-hmm. it like bounces between scenes with this incredible energy um the like climax ends up not feeling like structurally it doesn't feel like a structural payoff to anything it just feels enough like another thing that happens and it's slightly yeah. more evocative uh like you know a- as one of these go i think it's like a good ending um but i do think that like you know an ending payoff is hard when your movie is like resistant to traditional forms of setup and payoff and structure Mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah it's just weird uh i like this movie i've seen it before i really liked it at the time i feel like i like it a little less this time but i still quite like it it's it's got an energy uh every Mm -hmm. robert downey senior movie i've seen is just has uh big like chaos energy to it at all times that's how i feel too it's just frenetic and you can't look away <laughs> yes i also really i think one of the most um and you know i don't know how to phrase it but one of the most identifiable things that i really liked is that like it's not necessarily a movie about jokes right like there are jokes and they are told and they're funny but like a lot of the laughs just come from the weird ways people say the lines <laughs> um mm-hmm. especially when it's like corporate people saying corporate shit it's just funny uh it's just like good line read throughout it has um you know just 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 every time it comes to a new person they'll they'll show up and they'll be like they'll just say hello i want this thing but they'll say it in a ridiculous way um and i just think it has a good energy and that stuff like uh it's good you know <laughs> uh, has a good way of doing comedy i guess i, I was surprised it took me off guard putney says the Borman six girls gotta have soul <laughs> exactly shit like that <laughs> Uh, do we have anything else? I wish I had more to say, but I really don't. It's look, it's fine. Sometimes these are short. It's not not the end of the world. I like this movie overall. Like I, I, I'm with you. It was less funny this time around, just because I kind of remembered how offensive a lot of it is. But at the same time, I still enjoyed myself, and I still uh, found a lot to love. Mm-hmm. How many? It always makes me want to watch. 
Oh, sorry. How many syllables, Mario? How many syllables, Mario? How many syllables? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it made me want to watch more Robert Downey Sr. movies. I've only seen one other of, uh, other one of his films, and yeah, I remember it having a similar vibe. Can I confess something like profoundly stupid that I did? Sure. Just like monumentally dumb. Sure. Let's hear it. <laughs> so the movie begins. And the first scene plays out, and then as he's reading the thing, reading out the like, swope, 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 the credits play, and it just comes up, and it's like, you know, written, directed by Robert Downey, and I was like, oh, not senior, all oh, right, idiot, moron, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> That's how time works. You're hilarious. Uh. This you gotta have a kid and you gotta name them senior from the jump. That's how this works. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Robert Downey was four at the time of this movie, or Downey Jr. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Nothing else, right? Yeah, enough. Um, All right. Uh, normally we have questions, uh, podcast at abnormalmapping.com. One, uh, we got two emails, but I feel like we covered everything in them. So thank you. Uh, people wrote in, um, I read them, yeah. but I think we covered it. So I have a question. Yeah. What was your favorite of the commercials? Hmm. Hmm. It's gotta be the pimple I song. I think it's the pimple song. I want, I'm like, can I pick a, I want, I'm like, that's too obvious. I need to pick a cooler one, but no, it's, it's <laughs> the pimple song. Let's figure out. Yeah. To me, it's a tie between the pimple song and then the cereal commercial where the narrator's like, did you know that this is full of vitamins and da da da? And then they close up on the guy's face as he's eating and he just stops and goes, no shit. No shit. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, that feels like something modern. Yeah. The airplane one's really funny as well because it just goes on so long. Like it starts out and it's like you know people people jump around, but then they just get more naked and it goes on for so long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that one's ridiculous. Finally, that guy comes in and then they like have like the most ludicrous like fake sexual rubbing because they're all because he can't actually get his dick out or anything and this commercial and then it like cuts to uh the theater where they're showing it off and everyone's like i think this might be a little much party <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny yeah yeah uh all right well that's it um next time we are going to be doing the wind that shakes the barley um I didn't actually look at this streaming anywhere. I assume it's just available through normal Yahoo anime means, right? Um, yeah, I mean, let me look up where this is streaming. Uh, uh, it was, it was, I just want to make sure. It was weirdly hard to find a copy of. Okay. Uh, for me. Um, I do have it. I think it's on, on Amazon Prime here it's in the on, States. It's on Mubi here. Uh, oh, this is definitely just available in ways you might want to get a movie. So, we're good. Yep. Um, uh, once I know what this movie's about, I'm going to have to stop making fun of it by going, The Wind That Shakes the Barley. It's a Ken Loach film. Because <laughs> it sounds like the most, like, pretentious, like, coming of age on, a, like, an English estate kind of film. I know it's not, but it's called The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Uh, you go to Ken Loach's Wikipedia page, and, like, there's three 
different sections that are all about how uh, he is much like Jeremy Corbyn, anti-Semitic because he boycotts Israel. So <laughs> your country's so fucked. <laughs> yes it is awful place what a hell place um i don't think i'm trying to have i seen a ken loach movie that's what i was trying to figure out i'm like i don't think i've ever seen one i haven't seen any of these yeah i guess that's that he's like a british famous and famous over here yeah i know of him but only by reputation i haven't seen any of this shit Mm -hmm. yeah i've seen a couple all right well oh, that's what we're doing that. yeah look forward it, to that everyone uh, yeah uh that's it uh plugs destiny at fridge buzz now everywhere and my other podcast is on abnormalmapping.com it's called badland girls yeah you're recording tomorrow yep new episodes all new actually that'll probably be out after this <laughs> it'll probably be a bit probably like. yeah uh, yeah, because I turn the. Uh, this is going to be up on Monday. So, uh, Jackson. You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and M do also at abnormalmapping.com. Go and listen to them. They are good. We have abnormal mapping. It's our game club. We're doing Quake this month. It's sick. Yeah, Quake will be out uh, the end of the week. So look forward yeah. to that. You can find me on Twitter, EM underscore being. If you'd like to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash mapping. For a dollar, you get Gundam every week. We were watching Gundam X and uh, Standalone Complex Second Gig with our friend Austin Walker. Uh, for $10 a month, you get VoIP Life, where we goof off uh, every two weeks. Uh, there's a lot of movie talk in there pretty regularly. Not lately, because I it's it's gamer hours uh, around <laughs> Abnormal Mapping Headquarters. But typically, we talk some bullshit about movies there. There you can find our bad audio commentaries of Star Wars films. <laughs> Don't, we, don't we pay did, for those. Don't pay for those. We did like flirt with, oh, do these like audio comedy type things people can watch with the movie. They like those. And I, they're bad. They're bad podcasts. I don't know. Yeah, it's not people, our strength. People think the podcasts are fine, but I, it's not a thing I found fulfilling and or no. wanted to do more of. So, But we definitely have talked about who uh, Sifo Dias is for about three hours on VoIP Life in total. So. <laughs> in total, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's it. Uh, thanks everyone. Uh, movies now more than ever. Do not expect to like them. <laughs> <laughs>